Thanks for tuning in to the Embodied Astrology Podcast. I'm Renee Sills, consulting astrologer, somatic practitioner, and embodiment educator. Your Aquarius season reading was recorded as part of the Embodied Astrology 2024 Extended Year Ahead with astrology dates and timing for your sign. If what you hear in this season's episode resonates, you'll definitely want to check out your year ahead. These annual readings are epic offerings and the results of over two months of research and preparation with this year's astrology. They're ready for download now, and they include an hour-long intuitive divination and channeled reading for your sign, along with an additional overview exploring key dates and timing for 2024's astrology, with suggestions for working with this year's main themes, opportunities, and challenges through embodied energetic awareness practices. If you enjoy my monthly and annual readings, join me sometime in my weekly class, Somatic Space, where we attune with the astrological symbolism of the week ahead through guided meditation, visualization, and gentle and healing movement practices. We meet live on Zoom every Monday from 8 to 9.30 a.m. Pacific, and you can always tune in with the recordings if you can't attend live. For those of you interested in working more deeply with your own chart, learning to read charts for others, Or, if you're an astrologer interested in working with a somatic approach, you might be interested in my foundations course, Your Chart is a Body. I'll be starting a new cohort in March with the Aries season equinox, and registration is opening soon. Check the show notes for more details on all of Embodied Astrology's offerings and upcoming events. You can find written transcripts of all season-ahead horoscopes in Embodied Astrology's virtual membership community. When you become a member, you'll also get access to the Embodied Astrology blog and our audio-video library of astrologically-themed embodiment practices and meditations. Your donations and memberships sustain these ongoing free offerings. If you'd like to support this work, please make sure to follow and subscribe and leave us a great review. You can follow the links in the show notes or go to embodiedastrology.com to make a one-time or recurring donation or to learn more about the different levels of Embodied Astrology membership. Thank you so much for your support. Now, on to your Aquarius season horoscope. Aquarius season begins on January 20th, and this is the day that the Sun and Pluto form a conjunction at the very last degree in the very last arc minute of Capricorn. And then on the same day, just hours apart, they both ingress Aquarius. Now Capricorn is a sign that is often associated with the past, with tradition, with history, and with conservative elements. And there are definitely needs uh, that we have for our uh, survival and sustainability to conserve Um, And in many ways, Capricorn asks us to feel into the wisdom of the past and draw upon that wisdom and take care of what is old in our world. Old growth forests, uh, elders, beings who have long lifespans like elephants and whales, uh, old knowledges and indigenous knowledges, land-based practices, Um, I think that these are some really beautiful ways to think about Capricorn as an energy. Capricorn can also represent uh, conservative elements in our world that don't want to move forward 
and that resist change, that resist evolution or progress. Um, these forces generally are human and they are attached to some kind of ego, um, a fear of being irrelevant perhaps, and a kind of clutching on what is known, familiar, comfortable, etc. Aquarius coming after Capricorn often is a representative for the future. And the ways that human beings who are invested in conserving uh, their own power approach the future is through methods of control and domination. And Aquarius can definitely manifest in this way um, as a sign that is often associated with groups and group mindsets. Um, Aquarius can connect us with uh, like fascism, you know, or totalitarianism, philosophies that seek to homogenize and control populations. But if we are coming into Aquarius through reverence for what has come before and practices that are grounded in uh, historical knowledge and traditions that also allow for evolution, that embrace the future, um, or if we are coming to the present moment with awareness of where the past is really uh, not serving us and we don't want to repeat it, um, then Aquarius can also represent revolution and evolution and the upsetting of what has previously been stable. In the Pisces charts, Aquarius takes the 12th place. And the 12th place or the 12th house is very much related to the 12th sign, which is Pisces. And so the 12th house, uh, similar to Pisces, is a symbol of what is pervasive. What is the substance of the collective unconscious? What's in the air and the atmosphere? In the 12th house, we cease to be an individ individual. There is no individuation here. Some astrologers call this place the place of self-undoing because it's beyond the self. It is everything that the self includes and it is everything that the self becomes, which is everything. The sun will be in Aquarius for a month-ish, January 20th through February 18th. Pluto will be in Aquarius until May, uh, excuse me, until September. It's going to make it to two degrees of Aquarius in May. Then it will station retrograde. It's going to go back to the very last degree of Capricorn, where that Sun-Pluto conjunction is, the first day of Aquarius season. But then in November, on November 19th of 2024, Pluto will enter Aquarius again, stations direct about a month before that. And then it will be in Aquarius until 2042. So we have the Lord of the Underworld coming into your 12th house and taking up residence for the next two decades, pretty much. Now I give a breakdown for Pluto uh, in Capricorn season. And so I'm not going to describe it again so much here, but I will say that themes of death, 
dyeing, decay, composting, regeneration, and rebirth are important for Pluto. And I will also say that wherever Pluto moves, we get to experience the monstrous and the repressed, suppressed aspects of uh, creation and our psyches and other people's psyches. And we can also experience what happens when we have skills and capacity and interest or willingness and definitely allyship and help and support to work with those aspects of the psyche. And what can happen is profound transformation and true empowerment. You may have had some experiences in your life where you have already done this. Um, maybe you have worked through an addiction. Maybe you've had an experience where you were filled with some kind of emotion that was really destructive, like jealousy or hatred. And you were interested in transforming that emotion, and so you worked it. You got to know it. Maybe you brought it to therapy. Maybe you read some books about it, and you practiced. And if you have ever done anything like that, then you'll know that an important part of the process is about getting to know what the monster is about. Getting to know who the monster is. When we work with the monstrous parts of ourselves, we'll often find that they are uh, a lot of bark and no bite. I mean, they can bite for sure. They can bite for sure. That's not a good metaphor. When we get to know the monsters inside of ourselves, we often find that they are um, projected phantoms, that we might think that they're enormous and they're actually quite small. Many of our monstrous parts are, um, have been fabricated. They have been built upon what we have ignored inside of ourselves or what has been ignored in us. A lot of times underneath the uh, projections or, or phantoms of these monsters will find parts of ourselves that are very hurt, that feel really insecure, that feel really alone, that are in deep grief. And when we can extend love and care, compassion, and a desire to understand their experiences, a lot of times those monsters transform into our allies. And that is a very powerful experience to go through. And it will really teach a person a lot and give them a huge uh, capacity to encounter similar energies in others. I went through a period in my life where I really struggled with some monstrous energy that uh, lived inside of me. And that energy was an inheritance. It came to me through um, my family line. And it came to me through abuse, it came to me through neglect, it came to me through psychological manipulation, and it became a part of my psyche. And then I became a person who was capable of abuse and neglect and psychological manipulation. And when I felt those monstrous parts of me come forward, I was really terrified. And I, I had to go through other monstrous parts. My own terror, my own shame was a big one. Um, and I am so fortunate and I feel so grateful to uh, have had access to a lot of wisdom and a lot of skills and a lot of support 
uh, to work with my monsters. And it took me about a decade, a solid, my whole thirties, I think maybe it's a, you know, maybe it's a developmental component of being in one's thirties. I I think a lot of people in their thirties are like working through their monsters, but, um, but it changed. It changed. And it's not that those seeds of potentiality are not still in me. I could still be abusive. I could still be psychologically manipulative or neglectful, but I'm a lot more conscious of those kinds of energies in me now. And they don't emerge unconsciously in the ways that they uh, did in my 20s. And in getting to know them, I feel that I have become a lot more whole. I've become a lot more integrated. I feel so much more capacity to actually love myself and to practice self-love. And that has made me into a much better friend and family member and partner. Um, I have a lot more capacity to love others. And part of my capacity now also includes uh, being able to encounter monstrousness in other people and not feeling totally terrified or averse or judgmental about it. Um, Discernment is required. When monsters are unconscious, they are definitely a lot more dangerous. Um, And in my experience, I also feel fortunate to uh, be in relationship with people who you know, like anybody, have monsters living inside of them, but are also willing to work on it. And so if I don't uh, freak out when their monsters come to dinner, but I can kind of hold love around myself, my monsters don't have to come out to fight theirs. A lot of times what happens is trust, unwinding, I can't tell you how many experiences I've, I've had around these particular kinds of substances or, or issues, you know, textures in relationship, where because I went through what I went through, that now with clients, with friends, with partners, and not all the time, of course, you know, but sometimes monsters come forward and I, I can love them. And in that loving of them immediately they turn into like fuzzy little bunnies you know what was monstrous all of a sudden gets to become the innocence that's at its core so many of our monsters have grown around the tender fragile wounded parts of our beings so what's the 12th house the 12th house is the place of phantoms potentially it's the place of hauntings and ghosts uh, when you read about the 12th house in psychology, excuse me, in psychological astrology, you'll often read about madness. You'll read about experiences uh, where people encounter monstrousness in themselves and in the world. Um, it's one of the harder places to hang out in the chart because it's not solid. And what is pervasive in our world and in our climate um, includes so much that is totally terrifying, that's totally traumatized, that is truly monstrous. Now, the 12th house can also talk about the collective. It can talk about literally the atmosphere or the climate, and that could be the cultural climate as well as the literal climate. 
And so as Pluto comes into your 12th house and into Pisces, first of all, Pluto is coming into a sign that expresses humanity and the people. And then it's coming into a place in your chart that is the collective and the climate. So the first thing that I want to say to you is that Pisces, you are a sensitive person. Uh, Pisces as a, as an energetic archetype is sensitive. It is porous. It is permeable and impressionable. What is emerging in the collective, in the consciousness is uh, in many ways horrific and monstrous. And there have been horrific, monstrous events happening on earth for a long time. And over the next 20 years, I imagine that there will be more horrific and monstrous events. And I truly hope that this transit of Pluto and Aquarius um, will also bring a, a, about evolution and revolution towards healing. And I do think that that is a really big part of the potential. Previous Pluto transits, when you look back in history, have often been very revolutionary times that have birthed renaissances of some kind. There is so much collective desire for healing. And I do think that that is coming and part of what's happening right now. But as Pluto enters the 12th house uh, and is about to stay here for 20 years, I want to say that it's time to work with monsters. And maybe you're already a person who is adept. Maybe you too <laughs> went through your 30s <laughs> and had an experience like I did. Or maybe you haven't yet. But now is the time to get some skills about it. Now is the time to get some trauma-informed training. Now is the time to learn how uh, the psyche metabolizes what it cannot comprehend, what the mind cannot comprehend. Now is the time to do depth work and engage in the archetypal experience, the realms of uh, archetype, like archetypal mythology, depth psychology are so supportive in times like these where we can see how uh, what moves through communities and collectives are larger entities taking over bodies. When we can feel into how these larger entities are organized and how they're moving, we can actually work with them. In some ways, it's harder to work with individuals than it is to work with the entities themselves. We can work with individuals by working with the entities, by seeing the entity in the individual. Don't think for a moment that you do not contain monsters. You do. They live inside of you. You are a person who is capable of violence you are a person who is capable of manipulation and destruction, of cruelty. You are also a person who is capable of transformation and regeneration and incredible creativity and love. And you are a person who has agency to make choices. And your agency is your power. Your capacity to recognize and locate where 
monstrous seeds may have been planted in your own genetic memory, your lived experience, your capacity to find those seeds is also your capacity to uproot them, to not nourish them, and instead to locate the seeds of creativity, of regeneration, to nourish those. If you enjoy my readings and find them supportive, make sure to pre-order your 2024 Year Ahead reading now. My Year Ahead readings are deep dives into the details of the year, special for your sun, moon, and rising signs, with a focus on making the most of the opportunities and meeting challenges with skill and grace. You'll get a big picture overview that spans the year, connecting 2024 to the past and future, and providing a larger context that my monthly readings just can't get into. The 2024 readings will be published by the first week of January, and they make wonderful gifts for the astrology lovers in your life. You can also now receive a 75% discount on 2023's Year Ahead readings, which still have so much to offer. Find more information in the show notes or in the horoscope section at embodiedastrology.com. Over the next 20 years, many of you may take up work that is profoundly affected and or transforming of the collective. This is a, a definitely an influence that I think will call upon the Pisces instinct to save the world. <laughs> um, you might not be that kind of Pisces, but a lot of Pisces have so much empathy and so much compassion and really have enormous hearts, have a lot of space inside of their heart, and they want to hold a lot in there. And the next 20 years wants you to do that. And I'll also say that whenever we're working in the 12th house, there needs to be time and space for retreat, for solitude, and for integration. There needs to be practice and dedication and devotion to what is uh, bigger than us. Practice communing with, connecting with dedication towards, devotion towards what is bigger than your life. And so having some kind of faith practice or spiritual practice will be so supportive for you in the coming decades. And if you do not already have a practice that is contemplative, that allows you to um, work with the substance of your life in ways that bridge the mundane reality with the spiritual reality and the energetic components, um, I cannot recommend highly enough that you move towards practices that support you now. Faith practices, religious practices, spiritual practices are all great. Uh, being the witchy person that I am, I would definitely also say witchy practices, magic practices, energy practices. The world is full of energy, and Aquarius is a sign that is energetic and electric. Learning about energy healing, learning about quantum physics, learning about the quantum field. This is cool. This could really help you out. This could feel uh, nourishing and supportive and sustaining, and it could also be a huge aspect of some kind of gift that you want to give and carry into the collective space. 
So Aquarius season is really bringing some themes uh, that are foreshadowing uh, the foreseeable future. And these themes are themes in the world right now, and they are also themes that are coming through in your unconscious. Um, finally, the last thing I'm going to say for the moment about the 12th house is that it's the place of dreams. And as Pluto comes into this place, your dreams might take on a really different kind of caliber. And uh, some of you may be very supported by doing dream work, dreaming work, um, and learning how to work with your dreams. And some of you may also be very supported by learning how to do waking dream work, like hypnosis or breath work. Um, there are different possible avenues to touch into the unconscious and superconscious. Um, that don't require us to be asleep or on drugs. And I think that you want practices that will allow you to come back to solid reality um, within your agency. So, you know, things like psychedelic assisted therapy or maybe just psychedelics, um, they can be fun, you know. If you're a person that likes that kind of thing, I'm going to say go for it because like I said in your uh, 2024 overview, you have to expand your mind right now, and that's a great way to do it. But be safe, you know, know what you're working with, um, be respectful of the medicines and all that. But on a day-to-day -day basis, I don't know if it's going to be great for your liver, uh, and I think it might be better for you to learn holotropic breath work or self-hypnosis or just practice meditation or something like that. You can travel and voyage in many dimensions just on your own. And this is a good time for you to do it. January 25th, we have a full moon in Leo. Over the course of the year, there will be a couple retrogrades in Leo. There's a Mercury retrograde coming up in uh, August, and then a Mars retrograde at the end of the year in Leo. Last year, we had a Venus retrograde in Leo. In the Pisces solar charts, Leo holds the sixth house. This is the house of day-to-day, -day, the mundane reality. Leo is a creative sign and an artistic, expressive, sometimes quite dramatic sign. This full moon is asking for a different kind of experience in your day-to-day. -day. Um, it's time to shake things up a little bit. And I think this sounds like a great time for a dance party. Um, it would be a wonderful full moon for art projects. A great time to play, especially with people who are not so inhibited, like kids. Uh, Leo is a sign associated with childhood. Um, if you don't know kids, you might know your inner child, or you might have a party uh, where you invite people to come and get to know their inner children. Play, do finger painting, make masks, something like that. On a more serious note, I want to say that this is a full moon that's affecting your heart, and that might be a metaphor, and it might be real. Um, as a metaphor, I'm going to talk about grief. I'm going to talk about your care and your compassion and reference back to what I've been talking about so far in terms of like the world right now. 
and just say that this is a full moon that um, I really hope that you can hold your heart and appreciate your heart. Give thanks to your heart. Put your hands over your heart and just give thanks to that incredible wisdom that continues to pump life throughout your body. And really try and honor your heart, support your heart, care for your heart. It might be a good day to take a hawthorn tincture or eat beets, you know, do something that is a little gift for your heart. And then in a very real way, I'll say that Leo uh, in the sixth house for Pisces would um, maybe for some suggest that your heart and your circulation are areas of your body that you want to pay attention to. And especially as Pluto comes into Aquarius, there is increasing stress in nervous systems, environmental systems, and social systems. And your heart works with your lungs. Um, your heart is so affected by what you eat and don't eat and drink and don't drink and stuff like that. And so um, this is a full moon where I would say be gentle on your heart. Uh, like don't go drink a bunch of alcohol and eat fried food. Um, try not to engage in activities that really stress you out or that overtax your heart. And you might just want to care for your heart. Like actually think about how do you care for your circulatory system um, moving forward. It's an important place of your body to care for. And that means your heart. It means your veins and arteries. It means your um, all of your connective tissues and your spine and your breath. Okay, so the end of January um, feels busy in your chart. It feels like a time where there's a uh, kind of agitation and rustling and a sensation of um, you got a lot that you're thinking about and a million ideas is what it feels like to me. You've got a lot of ideas and many of them are clicking right now. It's like ideas are falling into place. In Capricorn season, I talked to you about how you're almost at the idea. It's like things are starting and you're reaching for something. And then in Aquarius season, it feels like things are starting to click and they are starting to move forward. And now as we get into February, um, there's a kind of interesting uh, acceleration of what's happening in Aquarius. So Mercury is entering Aquarius on February 4th, Mars on the 12th, and Venus on the 16th, and then immediately they'll all conjoin Pluto. Um, Aquarius is square to the sign Taurus. Jupiter and Uranus are currently in Taurus. Um, so Mercury, Mars, and Venus will square these planets uh, over the coming weeks and months. And then we have a new moon on February 9th that is also square to Uranus and Taurus. So the relationship in your chart between Aquarius and Taurus is a relationship between the 12th and the third place, or the unconscious and the conscious. This is uh, where the space of dreams meets the space of conscious thought and learning. And what I'm going to say is that it's really important right now that you are aware of what kinds of um, materials you're giving your unconscious. Please be discerning around the kinds of information that you take in. 
especially before you go to bed at night or whenever you go to bed, especially before you sleep, especially before important conversations that need your presence and attention. Um, and especially when you're planning. In the 2024 overview, I said a few times that this is a year to lead with faith, not fear. And I think that this is a time that we do need to stay engaged. You know, the, the news is terrible and it's terrifying and it's also not a complete picture. There's a lot that's happening in the world that is wonderful and generative and creative and beautiful. And there's a lot that's happening that's totally fucked up and we need to be aware and conscious and participating to some extent. So please be discerning around the information that you take in. Make sure that you are getting a good balance of the good news and the bad news. Don't be in a place where you're bypassing and pretending like everything is light and love and fluffy and shiny. Uh, and don't be in a place where you are doom scrolling and you know, completely convinced that everything is terrible and always will be. It's not. It's, it's both and. And so much is here. This is a time that is potentially very creative for you. Very creative. A lot of new ideas are percolating in your consciousness. There are like aha moments that you can be having. And so you want to give yourself the conditions that will support that kind of opening up and brilliance. And because you're making plans and you're trying to figure out how to do something that's important to you, I think, um, you want to give yourself the conditions that will help you be both imaginative and practical. And so I'm going to suggest that you work with some kind of rules for yourself about especially um, however you engage with media and screens, give yourself time limits if you can. Um, like half an hour to an hour tops every day. And then make sure that you are also um, getting information from liminal sources, spiritual sources. And that means that you have to have some kind of practice around connecting with the liminal and with the spiritual. And there are lots of ways to do that. Creativity is one of them, you know, not trying to make art, but letting art move through you, right? Like not trying to sit down and draw a picture of a tree, but just sitting with a tree and then letting your hand move on some paper and like seeing what kind of thing you draw. Not trying to write the world's best poem, but just playing around with poetry. Like it doesn't matter if it's quote unquote good. This is an opportunity for your subconscious to express. And I would even go so far as to say like, get in the way of your own productivity. If you're going to be creative, try and draw with your non-dominant hand or something like that. Um, it's also a really great time for dream work, for prayer work, for spiritual work. It's a great time to receive astrology readings or to do your own work with uh, intuition, with tarot, with astro, with divinations of some kinds. It is a wonderful time to pray. And I think that it is a really wonderful time to breathe and to be conscious and uh, attentive with your breath. And especially if you can breathe with plants and trees and earth, that feels really stabilizing to your mind, to your nervous system and your body mind. Uh, 
always, but especially in Aquarius season, um, breathe with some trees. And don't try to have thoughts about what you're trying to do. Like don't give your mind the task of figuring something out. Give your mind a space and a place and a practice to open up and be impressed by beauty and awe and what is bigger than you and can never be known. And then relax and see what comes. See what comes. Try and approach any problems or points of focus or concern, what you're trying to figure out. Try and approach it from a, from a space inside of you that's bigger than you. And I think that there is a lot there. This work wouldn't exist without a team. Ashgood is our website manager. Alicia Mauji is our community coordinator. Ariana Sears-Putowski prepares and edits transcripts of these readings. Gabs404 is our visual creative director. Joe Stewart is our office coordinator. And Vera Lumi composed and created this music. Thank you so much for listening. We're wishing you all the best in the season ahead. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Ooh.